0: Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags
1: and Chuck Curry.
0: All right, we're back with uh, another edition of Movie Maniacs in the year 2022. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry hanging out with you. And it is a new year. That means new anniversaries. Chuck and I like to look back 40, 30, 20 years ago. We're going to go back to 1982 today and rank our 10 favorite movies from 40 years ago. I can't believe it. It seems like just yesterday when I was 12 years old in the theater, seeing a lot of these films we will count down our 10 favorite ones. We've got some movie news mixed in there as well. And of course, you know, another show. And it just seems like another icon passes away as we hear the news. Sydney Poitier passes away at 95 the day we do this show. So uh, before we get to all that, let's bring in Chuck Curry. Chuck, how you doing, my friend?
1: Happy New Year, Mike. I'm doing well.
0: Happy New Year to you. And uh, let's start with Sidney Poitier. You know, you know, John Madden, Betty White, Sidney Poitier. I mean, these are these are pretty gigantic, iconic figures in American film and TV. Great guys at the age of 94. Another good run. Um, but still, we lose a legend.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a bummer. I mean, obviously, uh, he, he was a g- groundbreaking actor. First one uh, to win a
0: first African-American to win an Academy and- Award.
1: And, and that's huge, huge stepping stone. Uh, he had one of the most interesting voices, right? Yep. yep. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. As people age, I always find this interesting. You haven't really heard much of Sidney Poitier no. in, a, in a long time. Betty White had that amazing run in her 90s, right? Amazing. Yes. Upper 80s, 90s. Amazing run. The only thing I, I was trying to think in my mind's eye, comparable was to Betty white was probably George Burns, right. Who lived to a hundred
0: and really, it, really. Yeah. And he blew he up in f- his 80s, became, right. He, he went be, nuts. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. He, he, I mean, he, he did the movie, Oh God in 70, 77 and then uh, sunshine boys, I think the year before. And then uh he did that body switching comedy 18 again. Yeah. Uh, and it was a moderate hit and he, his, his appearances on Johnny Carson were iconic. Right. And he
0: ended up doing three Oh God movies. Right. He did. Yeah. Three- he,
1: so he he was like, like Betty White, George Burns, they fit into that category of you think they would live forever. Right.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And, um,
1: and, then, and then you get and then you get other certain people in the limelight who sort of go away as a as a age. Like Sidney Poitier, you really haven't heard much in a long time with him. I'll give you another example. Like,
0: Gene Hackman's another one, too. Right. He's
1: Gene Hackman. I mean, you saw him riding a bike last year. They had video of that, which is good. But I give you another example, not a not a not an actress, but a, a big pop culture name like like Barbara Walters, right? She leaves the view. what's well, like a decade ago. Yeah, you don't hear anything about her. I would assume the mind slips, or I hate to assume, but I'm, I'm I will assume there. It is interesting.
0: Well, it's also hard to cast an 80 to 90 year old person as well. And when your movies the one who doesn't go away is Clint Eastwood, right? He I know, keeps I know. working behind the camera too. You know, we look at Sidney Potier's career uh, and, obviously. And, and
1: listen, Martin Scorsese's up there.
0: Yeah, sure. Um,
1: Scorsese's up there.
0: It's interesting to look at uh, Sidney Sydney career, obviously raising in the sun. He's done he did three classics in a row, Sir With Love in the Heat of the yeah, Night, and Guess he's coming to Diver, all in 1967, which yeah, is kind wow. of amazing. That I remember amazing. seeing him opposite uh Richard Widmark in the Bedford incident about a naval cruiser that he and uh, he, he and, and there is a World War Two movie, a really good movie with an unbelievable ending. You wouldn't think uh, could possibly end that way. And I just remember he directed some movies, too. He did stir crazy. He did uh hanky panky and obviously had a res- relationship with Bill Cosby, they did a couple movies together, too. Right. Those yep. silly comedies to, in the 70s. Saturday night. Yeah.
1: And, and, then he, and then he rejuvenated what he did. The movie Sneakers at Redford. Right. Yeah. What happened is in
0: 1988 makes a comeback. He does yes, shoot the kill back. Yes. He does, uh, Little Nikita Sneakers and the Jackal later and on happened, in 97. And, and, and he plays basically an him. FBI agent in all four movies. Yeah. Um, but it's really good to see him on screen, especially. I enjoyed shoot to kill a lot opposite Tom Berenger.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was a moderate hit. And I remember that, That I remember that, I remember that, 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 that come, comeback. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, when Sean Connery came back with the Untouchables, you know, all these major talents, they have the ebbs and flows. They have the big ups and they have the big downs. And then the good ones, they get back up. Again. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And he did, uh, last time I think we saw him was when it's, he got you know, an honorary. Not
1: every, to, to have a cr- career like Tom Cruise straight up.
0: Yeah. No, it's
1: very rare. It's true. I mean, it doesn't happen.
0: But last time I think we saw him was in 2002 when he got an honorary Oscar um, at the Academy Awards, which was 20 years ago itself. Uh, So he hasn't really never worked after that. And um, definitely an iconic actor. And, you know, the likes of Denzel Washington and everybody who came after him. uh, It's just you know ridiculous of of the trend that he set and uh, really broke down a barrier and the defiant ones remember that with him and tony curtis right they're chained sure. together it's a real yeah. good flick too uh if you it ever just cool. want to dive into his imdb there's about 8 or 9 movies in there that are really genuine classics or close I, to I it.
1: always remember later in his life when he when he appeared at the oscars he got huge, huge ovation
0: yes yeah very respectful just a classy guy just a movie star yeah, very right clas- very very classy guy very much so uh, all right chuck i'm not sure if you got a chance to see anything but is there any kind of movement or anything we should know about the box office over really what is normally a dead time of year anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's gonna be interesting. This week, uh, a movie called A, a Spy Thriller 355 with Jessica Chastain, Penelope Penelope, Penelope Cruz It's getting good reviews.
0: Looks good, next, looks next, like next a good week, action movie.
1: Next week you get Scream trying to re- reinflate, re excite the fan base for that franchise. That's gonna be an interesting number. How Scream does. I mean, a three five five I just I, I yeah. don't think it's gonna do well.
0: Now, probably not. Uh, and, that, you know, with Omicron running its course, too, I'm not sure if people are racing in the theaters. The one interesting thing, and I saw this stat and I wonder what it would have translated if Don't Look Up was a normal movie. Yeah, in, I saw in that. 152 million hours during its first week, it got it, streamed. It's
1: the most popular, most, that is the most watched Netflix movie ever. Yeah, I don't think that would have translated at all theatrically. Yet. My gut feeling it would have did okay. That's what's, well, it.
0: you know, normally Leonardo DiCaprio movies and Jennifer Lawrence movies. It's not like they be, no, I, they're making tons of money anyway, right? unless it's Titanic or hunger games that, yeah. you know, um, but you know, it, it is notable because of, um, you know, and award season, right. They're going to take a look at that now. And I would think don't look up. It's getting recognized by golden globes. I actually enjoyed it more than, you know, most of the people I talked to and, It's actually got some legs. It's staying at number one now on the Netflix list. So uh, kudos to them. I did get a chance to see.
1: You know, it goes to show you the star power. like Red Notice with Dwayne Johnson, uh, Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot really did well viewership wise, right? And now this movie, viewership wise, really well. So it goes to show you people are searching out the high profile movies on the the streaming. I'll give you another example. I, I was reading this stat. Combined, HBO, HBO Max, and HBO have a combined 74 million subscribers. Right. So, if you took 74 million people, Mike, say an average of say twelve dollars a month. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of money.
0: Yeah, well, and you
1: could see how they can afford to do two hundred million dollar movies, a certain when ca-
0: and cast the cast that they do, right? So you're talking big, big stuff. Even I mean, the,
1: even the Harry Potter reunion, yeah, spent, fun right? to watch, by the way. Like um, like they do with Friends, you know, those cast members got big money to do yeah. it. Yeah,
0: and you know they got big streaming numbers out of it too. You know that. Uh, sure, there's no doubt about it. And I got a, another big star on Netflix. I watched her movie, and actually, it's really good. It's The Unforgivable with uh. Sandra Bullock. It's a real good adult drama, she's fantastic in it as well. Um, It's got a nice little mystery uh, tied around it, and Mm she plays an ex-con who gets out and tries to reconnect with her younger sister that she raised. Um, It's really good. I enjoyed it. Nice, a nice little movie by, and that's two in a row now. And, you know, with Bird Box in this movie on, on Netflix, she's another superstar actress that is tied to Netflix. I mean,
1: yeah, it's, you got to give me credit.
0: Not, you know, it's like it's like a big time baseball team that just pays the money. Right. They want to be they want to stay relevant and they'll just hire any, you know, they'll get any t- any any player. That's what Netflix is kind of doing.
1: They are. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. There um, is Chuck, no doubt. Uh,
0: outside of that, do we have any other movie news? I saw that uh, Chris Evans has Pete, signed what, what on what about, to play Gene Kelly in a movie.
1: Yeah, I, I, I saw that story. It's not going to be a biopic of Gene Kelly. I think the story is going to be Gene Kelly met uh, I, I a think kid, met right? A, a kid, a kid, yeah. and he's formed a, you know a, 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 a bond on set, and he's going to play Gene Kelly. Now, here's the deal. I like the concept. I think he's a super likable guy and a good actor, Chris Evans, and he'll fit that role really well. The question is, as we get generationally older, will people care. Now we knew if you do this 15 20 years ago right There's still, you know, there's still people who understood who Gene Kelly was. There's people who knew with Singing in the Rain is a classic film that he was a massive talent. As we go on a couple another, of decades yeah. more. Yeah. Is there's no my point is there's no basing of no frame
0: of reference, right? You don't know no. the RKO musicals and all the studio movies that were made back in the day and yeah, you you, you move another generation away from that. How and relevant it gets, does t- it become? And,
1: and 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 that's why we're in a really interesting time, because when you look at like I I'll give you another example, you know Peter Bogdanovich passed away yesterday, right? Yeah, eighty two. Uh, yeah, eighty two. Uh, Paper Moon. Yep. Best picture show. He didn't. Mm-hmm. He directed The Mask with Cheryl, so that's yes, he did. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Okay. Now you you ask you know a hundred people you know about Paper Moon, I'd say ninety eight are going to say no.
0: Probably most, not.
1: Right no. now. Pa- Paper Moon, Ryan O'Neill, Tatum O'Neill. T- I was saying to somebody yesterday when I heard this, that Tatum O'Neill was a massive talent as a child star.
0: Absolutely. Paper Moon,
1: she's incredible in that movie, won an Oscar. And then Bad News Bears, holy yep. smoke. I mean, she was great. It didn't translate into her adulthood. She had some issues. She, I remember her being on Rescue Me with Dennis Leary. But yep, yep. She was amazing in those movies. And uh, he was he was extremely knowledgeable about film, was into film criticism, wrote articles. Uh, very interesting, man.
0: And uh, he didn't, didn't he, he was with uh, he cast Dorothy Stratton. Remember back in the day? And they all I laughed. Knew. That was Peter Bogdanovich. And I think there was a you know, he you know, some people tied him into maybe she got murdered because there was maybe an affair I there. Mean, and the I guy, remember that. I remember, yeah. that.
1: I remember he, he cast a 21 year old civil shepherd. In uh, in uh, in last the, picture show went, right and he went up having an affair with her. It broke up. Yeah, he's very interesting life.
0: Very much so, very much so. And yeah, he passed away a couple of days ago, as well. Uh, I got one. I'm hiding in my back pocket. Movie news. That I want to get your reaction to. Is there anything else that you wanted now, to let's bring? Let's talk up? about
1: the. I watched the trailer, the newest trailer of Roland Emmerich's Moonfall. Oh, brother. Holly Berry, Patrick Wilson. It's about the 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 moon. Coming out of its orbit, heading wait. Earth you know what it's about because it's well, hard to tell what
0: the hell it's it, about. It, it
1: appears the moon is just not the moon. It's like got like like a lot of secrets in that moon. Like whatever. This I got to tell you, Mike. I love Independence Day. You know that, right? Yeah. But as he's gone on, it's like the Erwin Allen syndrome of um, he, he doesn't understand what's silly and what's you got to stay grounded in some sort of reality. So I watch this trailer. It looks terrible. It it looks no, unbelievably it silly. The CGI is horrendous. I, I just don't understand. And I love disasters. I love disasters. My favorite genre. But this looks ridiculous. Well,
0: you know, it all starts with the script, right? When it doesn't so. look like there there is one. Um, and it's just everything thrown against the wall. and What sticks? First of all, I'm not a Patrick Wilson fan to begin with. And and then it, it looks like they're gearing this around this British actor that I don't know. Are we supposed to know who he is? Because it I seems like they're gearing. You know, it's supposed to be Josh Gad. It's not yeah, him. It's it some, looks
1: like his twin brother. But okay. Yeah.
0: And, and uh, Halle Perry. I mean, she's. She's kind of hot right now. I I would have played off of that and just said, you know, just say she's the star of this movie. And, it, a- and
1: he's and he's loading the the trail is loaded with goofy awful, humor,
0: awful CGI too. It's just yeah, it's
1: pretty awful CGI at a least pr- in the trailer.
0: I can't. Co- couple
1: see- couple other things I want to bounce off of you. Uh, mm-hmm. Paramount plus Yellowstone starring Kevin Costner uh, did ten point five million viewers on the Paramount plus basic cable. Network in its season fi- four final. That is the biggest basic cable number viewership since The Walking Dead in 2017, which drew 17 million viewers for uh, I believe the uh, the uh, introduction of Negan episode. Uh, that's pretty impressive. It's it, I always find it it's so interesting how people discover shows. Like who would have thought yeah. a show called Yellowstone? I love Kevin Costner, but okay, Kevin is doing this basic cable show Yellowstone.
0: Paramount it's Plus. What? Nobody, Paramount, nobody really Paramount has it Paramount yet, Plus. right? I mean, I
1: remember when it came on my 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 cable system. I'm going, oh, Paramount. But what is Paramount Plus? And I've watched. I, I'm not. I don't watch it religiously, but I have watched it. It's a very good show. It's very, very raw, hardcore. People die. People are nasty. There's yeah. good. There's. Been, okay. It's a it's a nighttime soap that's very edgy, but people have discovered it, and it's been a, it's become a really big hit for that. Uh, for, for that Paramount streaming Plus. service. Yeah. And yes. I think a lot
0: of it, a lot of it has to do with um Peacock too, because I know they yes. they, they were able to feature it on Peacock, the, the older um episodes. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people discovered it there. Turned but that it, into go, some new inscri- subscribers. People,
1: people, people are, are seeking out programming on streaming. They just are.
0: Yeah. I I'm wait, wait,
1: and, and and we've gone you know where the trend's going.
0: Oh, no doubt about it. You um, know, and
1: I'll tell you another thing real quick. I, I was on YouTube this morning, right? And um, this clip popped up, and it was, uh, it was a dinner movie theater, right? And I guess you could watch the movie in the lobby where they're serving you also, right? So right. It, had to be, it had to be like 200 people or more, and they and showed the clip. It was 17 seconds of Andrew Garfield taking the Spider-Man mask off, and he's Spider-Man. Right. And, fa- and they went bananas, yeah, I mean, completely bananas, and I and I watch it. And it actually, it was exciting to watch. And I, I I did say I'm mixed on the film, but um, it, it just reminded me of what an awesome collective experience the right theatrical movie can bring to people. You know, the, your adrenaline pumping and a collective gasp or a it's I mean,
0: well, and ultimately it is why. Amazing.
1: And I it's going to it's going to go away by the wayside for the most part.
0: I don't but I don't think not experiences totally. like that will. I think that will keep them opened in movie theaters, but it won't be as like it used to. Um, you're not going to see every movie in the movie theater, obviously, but you're still going to have that shared experience. You got to have it because even my daughter craves that kind of stuff. And she doesn't really have a lot of experience there. But when it happened yeah. in in Spider-Man and in Free Guy and stuff like that, she really got excited. That's good about being in a part of that communal thing. I mean, like going to see Star Wars when it opens at midnight and everybody cheering as soon as the credits start, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, we, we can't get away from that. I don't think we eventually oh, will. But I don't think we're going to go see, you know, Sandra Bullock's new movie, The Unforgettable in, in theaters. That's not going to happen. It,
1: no, because the, the game plan from the studios. Certain amount of products gonna be they know it's stream that's it and a limited product in movie theater
0: i think the next casualty is network television i really do it
1: look it it doesn't look good
0: yeah i really do which is why they all got their own streaming services now because they know that's it's just like newspaper network television where you know the rookie at 10 o'clock on a tuesday night no one gives a crap no one so they'll watch it but they're not watching it tuesday at 10 o'clock so figure out a way to showcase that. And then after that, that means no local network news. Like I think that's I the, know. those are the ones that the, the domino effect from streaming you're going to end up seeing. So like these network, Netflix will end up, I guarantee old, having old, a news uh, but, a news uh, outlet that yeah. they'll start having, Hey, you want to watch local new or something? It'll but be on a, they're, Netflix.
1: They're sort of ahead of the curve because they know what, you, what you're saying. They they've known now for two years, right? Yeah. So that's why, you know, like the, the shows that do still bring in some viewers on network TV, like the Chicago, Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, they're on Peacock the next day. Yeah. So, right? Hulu so does the
0: same thing, right? They so does that, the same they, exact they, thing. Yeah. They,
1: they, they've, they've extended, they've taken their network and they've extended it to stream, which is you have to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you have
1: to offset your production cost because you need more of eyeballs to watch this stuff. So that's what they're doing. Couple couple other things. Cobra Kai season four, number one. Not TV surprising on Netflix for the week it came out. I'm so happy for Ralph Macho, it's pretty awesome,
0: yeah. And 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 all of William Zapka, yeah, I mean, yeah he's, he's been great, yeah. And uh, I'm on the I got two more episodes to go in the season, and it's pretty consistent. I mean, these kids in the show they go from zero to, to 100 and ready to fight in like a blink of an eye. I'm like, you and, know, and, and Netflix they all got rage problems.
1: Netflix is. <laughs> and that's never that good. Ne- and Netflix is committed to season five,
0: so oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, so
1: it's good. And one last bit of movie news, and then we'll move on. Sony and Marvel have a, have pushed their release date to the superhero vampire movie Mortalus with Jared Leto from G- uh, January twenty ninth to April first. Obviously, okay. COVID concerns. Um,
0: it's a better release date for it, anyway.
1: It it it, it is. Um, I, I and I'm not that interested in it, but not
0: really. I'm interested to see Michael Keaton in it. That's about it. Um, Your thoughts on it? Because I heard there's some momentum behind Andrew Garfield doing a third Amazing Spider-Man. Have you heard anything about this?
1: I just heard some. Listen, I was talking to somebody the other day who's a real geek, right? And he's pitching me different scenarios and he he thinks will happen. And if you look, you take Avengers Endgame, all those characters, right? Mm -hmm. Big hit spectacle. Spider-Man No Way Home. All these characters, massive hit, right? You could take what they did in that film. You could have Andrew Garfield do another Spider-Man movie. You could have Tobey Maguire. You could you could take another Marvel property and have one of these spider mans pop up in it. There's so many things that they can do, and they have the ability to do it. The mind, I think they'll do all of it. I think I think anything you think that's viable. What it's about flesh out in reality?
0: What about a what about a Hulk movie with Lou Ferrigno, Eric Banya, and Ed Norton, along with Mike Mark Ruffalo?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> hey, I got I a one. Gonna, I'm going to say no. I got one more thing I want to bring up to you because I know many, how,
1: how deep is the well in your mind. <laughs> well, listen, that's a pretty deep well, Mike.
0: We we know Bill Bixby won't be in it. That's the only sad part. Um, and he was awesome. Yep uh, one one thing I wanted to bring up because I know you're a wrestling fan. And much like uh, Mr. T's and the Cindy Loppers and the, the stars, they get involved with uh, WWE or WWF. I yeah. heard Johnny, Johnny Knoxville is going to be at Royal Rumble yeah, on January 29th in, in,
1: in, in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, he's going to be in it. And, you know, he's going to take a beating.
0: Oh, my God. It's going to be so funny, too. Um,
1: Actually, it's a good idea. No. It is because
0: he's promoting his new movie as well. Right. He's got another Jackass forever coming out um, in theaters. So I, I got thought- a feeling
1: I got a feeling he's going to last a long time in that battle.
0: I, I wanted to ask you the best yeah. um, cameo by an actor or celebrity in a WWF or E event. Yeah, I mean, actually, Mr. T kind of made a career out of it. like I actually
1: remember going to one of the WrestleManias when Morton Downey Jr., if you remember him, <laughs> in a Piper's pit, and Morton Downey Jr. played the heel, and Piper was a good guy, and then Piper wound up uh, spraying with a fire extinguisher. Right. You know, I was after they live. Piper came out. His hair was really long at the time. Um, I went to the first WrestleMania. I mean, they had, uh, Muhammad Ali and they had uh, Liberace. I think, uh, was it Gladys Knight saying that? I
0: believe so. Yeah, I think so. Now none of them got in a ring. None of them wrestled, right?
1: No, I mean, listen, Donald Donald Trump's been at ringside and he's got involved in some of that stuff. Um, I loved. Listen, I loved the WWF back in the day. Yeah. Now it just – it it's different for me.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. It is. Um, I, I, I just – You know, just
1: rest, re- wrestling in a lot of ways, it, it, it followed the trajectory of movies in, in terms of when it, when, when it was somewhere in the middle of – like in the 80s, it was at its best, right? Sure. Because it wasn't like the Bruno – not that Bruno Sammartino was great, but they tried to orchestrate wrestling back in the day is real. Right, and you had matches with Bruno Sammartino, Lutez, those type of wrestlers, and it was real. It was just wrestling, right? It wasn't like managers coming out and hitting somebody over the head. It was a little different. They did a little of it, but and then in the eighties, they got somewhere in between, and now it's just pure. It's like a fireworks show.
0: It is. It is. Um, All right, Chuck. That's uh, movie news and such. Before we get to our doing, Mike, I'm doing good so far. Um, let's talk about fast five and do five actors, directors, actresses. I give you the the name and and you tell me the first role that comes to mind. We'll start out easy because it is Nick Cage's birthday today. Um, I know
1: Here's the thing about Nick Cage. Okay.
0: uh, He's 57 by the 58, by the way,
1: still a young man. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing about Nicholas Cage. He's done. He's done uh, 109 credits. Okay, 109 credits. It feels like a thousand and nine. Yeah. No?
0: Yeah, it does. Okay. He's got seven movies in the can.
1: He's done (laughs) some great ones though, which I think were listen, in my opinion, great watches, right? The rock.
0: Yeah, that's Stanley Con Good. Fa- Fe- Goodspeed's is best work. The world.
1: Rock and Face Off are awesome Great movies. movies. Yes, Four classic movies, movies, right? Classic. Con Air is so entertaining. Great movie. Right? Uh, Honeymoon in Vegas. Great movie. Family the, Man, I find I like a lot now.
0: I love uh, the, the National movie. Treasure. The first the one's national
1: very treasure. good. He's awesome and kick-ass. Yes. I mean, yeah, he's done. He's churning out movies left and right in, in, in that new business model that, you know, he orchestrated and Bruce Willis and John Cusick and a lot of other people now just churning out movie after B movie and on, on low level streaming and Walmart shelf. It's, it's, but he is going to do, he is going to play, well, he's going to play the, the, the tiger guy, right. And Netflix, Netflix (laughs) Tiger King. Yeah. 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 Tiger King. And then he's doing um, the universal monster. He's going to play Renfield, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So he's got a big role. The guys and he won an Oscar for leaving Las Vegas with Elizabeth Shue. Right.
0: Yep. Great movie. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. A great it, performance. The movie's it, not great, but he's great. He, in it.
1: he is. Um, he is a tremendously fascinating talent. He is.
0: Yeah. I mean, from, you know, from early uh, the 1990s, he owned. Let's face it. I mean, it, plus, you got to throw in movies like City of Angels was a huge hit. Right. There's a huge yep. hit. Eight uh, millimeter. You and I both like,
1: oh, I love eight millimeter. You know? I love me. So give me that. I love that movie.
0: Even fluff like God in 60 seconds is very watchable. Um, because it's highly produced, good cast, and it's got yeah. this good action in it. And remember, it could happen to you. Sweet little movie with him and Bridget Fonda. Yes, I
1: agree.
0: And I think one of his lost movies that probably nobody's seen is when he's playing the Secret Service guy and Guarding Tess with the uh, Valley Girl. Right? That's a, a Valley Girl. What a great movie way back yeah. when. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's actually in one of the movies in my top 10 for 1982. Uh The guy's had an unbelievable career. It's just a shame. Even movie where he played the weatherman with the, uh, Michael Caine, went in the mid two thousands, uh, he's good in World Trade Center, even though it's not a great flick. He's, he's good, very in good. Yeah, there's no uh, argument. He's and you good. and I love Knowing. Knowing's one of the great sci fi movies of the two thousands, and that was really his last mainstream hit. And, big, and then it just and, went and, off the rails.
1: Kickass. He came back and, and Kickass. Kick
0: yeah, Kickass. Yeah, um, he's awesome in Kickass. Yeah, I don't daddy. consider Kickass because he's not like it's not him, right? It's no,
1: but he it, elevates it. He does. He does that movie. Listen. When people who are superhero movies. Kick-Ass is one of the great ones. I, yeah. I, to me, for me, one it's of the great movie. ones. Yes. Yeah. Great movie. Speaking of superhero so movies, yeah. Chuck
0: Jeremy Renner is uh, 50. I can't believe he's 50. He seems younger to me. Um, really got his break in The Hurt Locker. I mean, yeah. if you want to stay away from Hawkeye and picking a yeah. movie. Um, I know people love his work in The Hurt Locker. I thought he was great in Arrival. I know you're not a huge fan of that, but like, I love he, that he movie. He did one
1: of the Bourne clone movies, right? When he, it did. Damon,
0: yeah, he, he did. Yeah, he did. And he did that. He was really good as the villain in the town. Remember with the. Yeah. With uh, Ben Affleck, director solid talent. Yeah, he's a good, really good talent. Um, how about Amanda Peet? No, I know you're going to say 2012, yeah, but just try to think it. about it a little she, bit. I
1: remember Amanda Peet. She did a show on the CW called Jack and Jill. That's when right. I first saw her. Right. All right. And I was like, oh, she's pretty appealing. Um, she she had a run
0: yeah she's good in Brockmire did, too i don't know if you've ever watched she that
1: did those, she did those movies with with bruce willis right those combo yeah.
0: what they call them. yeah that uh, uh what the hell's the name of it i don't know it'll hold 10 yards whole nine yards yeah Matthew ten. Perry that, not that they're good movies because no I don't they're
1: think not they're good. Yeah. yeah
0: she's uh that movie identity remember she's in that with uh yeah. john kuzak yeah, that I, I like play. that movie yeah how about uh john mctiernan Chuck, obviously one of our favorite directors because he did Die Hard.
1: He did two great movies. So He did Predator. He did Die Hard. He did Die back Hard with Vengeance. Yeah. And then he had obviously had issue with uh, wiretapping, and so he did some time. Hollywood's never welcomed him back. What a what a what, that guy is a massive talent as a yeah, director.
0: His last movie was Basic back in two thousand and three.
1: Look at I mean I mean we talked about Die Hard ad nauseum on this program, but. It's a perfect movie. Yeah,
0: I watched it again this Christmas, and it was a great director. still was
1: one of the great directing jobs of all time.
0: And remember, after Die Hard and Predator, he did do The Hunt for Red October, which I love. No, it was absolutely. a huge, massive hit. I know. You know so and he, you and I both think Last Action Hero is, probably, you know, is better than people remember it. It's not. Well, awful. you know, it's
1: somewhat. No, it's not. It's a little flat.
0: It's overproduced. And
1: and it, it's overproduced. And, and it was uh, it was time at that time when it came out to take a shot at Arnold.
0: Right. right. Oh, he's, yep. he's
1: on top of the game. It uh, was it's his turn. Little, yep. it's a little flat. Let's bury him. Yeah. Right.
0: Yep. No doubt about it. All right, Chuck. And last but not least, and this one might be relatively easy considering what he won an Oscar for. And his role was just unbelievable. It's J.K. Simmons, who was really splashed on the scene later in life. He is 67 years old. I mean, it's whiplash, right?
1: His best movies, his best performances. He's unreal in that movie.
0: That movie is unreal, by the way. I
1: remember watching that movie in a movie theater. Pocono Cinema where I'm involved in and I was my nervous system was in overdrive. Oh, my God. That movie had me on edge. That movie is a tremendous movie.
0: Yeah, it really is. It's the best of that year, by the way, way back. But he was
1: born to play J. Jonah Jameson. Right. He was just born. (laughs) That's that's almost why I don't understand why you would cast him as Commissioner Gordon in the Snyderverse. Yeah, I agree. I just don't understand. that I never understood that casting.
0: Yeah, I I, I totally 100 percent agree. And he's a great actor. I, I don't understand why he's still doing these freaking uh, insurance commercials. Well, we are him. farmers. I mean, he must be getting paid a ton of money.
1: He is absolutely.
0: Um, all right, Chuck. And, and believe it. He is going to play Commissioner Gordon, Batgirl, too, right? I believe.
1: I believe. It. Yes, correct.
0: Yeah. All right. Last uh, uh, last year we we were able to do the like 1981s of the world and 1991. So this is fun. We go into a new year. We can look back forty. Years ago, and the top forty movies of 1982. These are,
1: these, these, these are movies that I like. Okay? Yeah, these
0: these are real good flicks, um, and real popular ones too. Let's uh, I'll do my ten through six, and you let me know what you think. Okay.
1: Uh, I'm telling. you I'm Now telling I want to give
0: thing. an honorable mention. I didn't put it in my top ten, but Friday the 13th Part Three did come out in 1982. Okay. Didn't make my list, but it has a lasting memory in my brain because it was 3D. It was my birthday. It came out August 14th and I and I we were there and it was a lot of fun. And it's one of the better in the pantheon of Friday the 13th movies. It I I couldn't in my right frame of mind put it in the 10 best of a year, but it certainly is pretty close. Thoughts on Friday the 13th part three, Chuck?
1: I liked it. Um, it's definitely an upgrade from two. There's some good. Listen, I saw I think I seen every Friday the 13th movie in a the theater. Those movies were. They, fun the brought watch. Crowd, they brought crowds out on the weekend. Oh, they're opening weekends. They Opening well. weekends were
0: always fun. That's People right. People
1: were totally into those movies. I mean, obviously, it was slasher. So you knew what you were going to get. But well, they delivered for the most part on why you bought a ticket, right? Yeah. And
0: it was I was in high school. It's Friday night. The new Friday the 13th movie comes out. You yeah. got to go see it. And we were ready to burn the theater down when A New Beginning came out because that was I remember that crowd was not very happy, Chuck, uh, what they did with what they did with Jason Voorhees using that one, but I digress 10 best of 1982. My number 10 is a sequel. It's a third part and it's Rocky three. Mr. T introduced uh, in Rocky three and, and as clubber Lang, a lot of fun. We lose Mickey, but we gain the friendship of Apollo and Rocky. And it's really the first movie of the, of the series Chuck that kind of makes it a little more popcorn and a lot more fun. Um, oh, it's
1: miss. it's miss. It's my, it's, it's my number five. I'll get to admit. it. Is- it's, mass, it's a mass entertainment. No doubt about it. more than the first two Rockies, which I love. But it's it's like, he, you know, you could argue Stallone with that property in terms of creating interest. He was brilliant. He he played those characters he like chess pieces. Yep, he, he did. He knew exactly what he was doing.
0: He, it was a soap opera. Let's face it. It was, it was a, soap a soap opera.
1: opera yeah. and it worked.
0: Yep. My number nine is Night Shift, the Ron Howard hysterical comedy, where we really get to meet. Michael Keaton in a classic role and Henry right, Winkler off off character, uh, uh-huh. not the Fonz, but the very funny. Um, yes. uh, number eight, a gritty, great courtroom drama. One of Paul Newman's best performances is The Verdict. Love that uh, I, film. Dark yeah. movie, dark ending, um, and really tackles the subject of alcoholism as as good as any movie ever has. My number seven is Poltergeist, which some believe Steven Spielberg directed. Uh, but Tobey Hooper is, uh, your director here, Chuck, and a lot yep. of I mean, We talk about this movie a lot. It's a classic horror movie with higher on my list. Four great scenes, four great scares, at least. And my number six is the breakout performance of Eddie Murphy in 48 hours opposite Nick Nolte. Uh, really, we get to see the, the charismatic actor that he would become uh, before Beverly Hills Cop and everything else. It was really 48 hours where we learn how this guy can hold himself. Uh, up on the big screen. So Rocky 3, Night Shift, The Verdict, Poltergeist and 48 Hours, I'd imagine a lot of them are on your list.
1: Yeah, I didn't put The Verdict. I I I could I love that movie. Yeah, Man, that's, that's great. that is that might be his best performance. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah that, that, movie,
1: that is a tremendous performance. Okay, number for me. Number 10 is never going to win an award, but I got to tell you when i saw her in a theater and it has a cult following. I had a blast, and that's Chuck Norris' Silent Rage. Uh, it's <laughs> like Chuck Norris against Michael Myers, yep. sort of. And it, the movie's just fun to yeah, it watch. Is. It's, just, it's sort of a weird hybrid of uh, – it's a very ballsy B-movie that you just like – somebody probably had an idea, but it's the fact that they greenlit that idea, surprising. But well,
0: watching that too, Chuck, there was no yeah. mistake on – you could tell Chuck Norris had – and it, you know, it had something different than your normal uh, he, just Ku really, guy, you listen, know. Listen,
1: he was really good. He, he I tell you what he had. He was relatable to the audience that was watching his movies. Right. He, he was very relatable, very likable. He was a good performer and he, and he was a, a very decent actor.
0: Not bad. A little stiff, but not bad.
1: Now, I I like listen, back in the day, I love me some Chuck Norris. Hey number listen. nine, number nine. Uh, I know it's higher. I put the thing. John Carpenter is a thing. That's on my list. I, it, it came out the same weekend as E.T. Crashed and burned over time. It's gained the following that it's deserved. It's one of the Carpenter's best. Kurt Russell, uh, an A-list actor who really fits very well into an ensemble. That's what's interesting about this yep. movie. But yep. great special effects by uh, Stan Winston. All practical. Number eight, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, higher on my list too. Another iconic teen comedy, groundbreaking, I would say. Number seven, 48 hours, uh, great pairing. Boy, you know, Nick Nolte was one of my favorites, a very interesting actor, hit big in Rich Man, Poor Man back in the 70s and a great movie actor.
0: Great casting. Uh, I mean, let's think about great casting.
1: His voice, Nick Nolte had that unique voice. and uh, Just a great talent. And And underrated
0: uh, bad guy, James Remar in that film, by the way.
1: Yep. Real and good. My, my number six, An Officer and a Gentleman. Richard Gere, Deborah Winger. I love that movie. I love Richard Gere.
0: Big payoff at the end, too, with the Up Where We Belong song. They don't and make
1: the, movies like that anymore. That's
0: like it. That's what uh, Lou Gossett Jr. Yeah. You know, um I go real quick, 10 through six again.
1: Okay, number ten, Silent Rage with Chuck Norris. Number nine, John Carpenter's is a thing. Number eight, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Number seven, 48 Hours, Eddie Murphy, and Nick Nolte, and number six, An Officer and a Gentleman, Richard Gere, Deborah Winger.
0: It always bothered me too when they went back to the well for another Forty Eight Hours, where you know that uh, movie was a death, Eddie Murphy that, put on forty eight pounds yeah, in that I, movie. In that
1: movie, I'm insane director, right? Yep. Uh, John Landis. was it John Landis?
0: No, no, Walter Hill.
1: Walter Hill, no, excuse yeah. me, Walter Hill. Okay. Uh, that movie was flat from beginning to
0: end. Oh, man. And it felt
1: so quick. And it was like like an 88-minute time killer.
0: Yeah. And And it 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 never sits well with me when you take two characters from the original movie and then they're bad in the second movie. So then you start figuring out, well, wait a minute, were they bad in the first movie too? And it was a bad idea altogether. Yeah, it's a bad idea. I hate when they do that. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. Uh, No doubt about it. All right, Chuck. A couple of those are on my list coming up. Uh, My number five. Is, you know, it's funny. He does Rocky three and he introduces yeah. Rambo, John Rambo in the same year. First blood is an awesome and i mean capital A. Action oh, a, a
1: 82 is a really good year. It was. And, and that's not on my list, but that is that's the most grounded of the Rambo movies.
0: Absolutely. With and an then amazing, you got
1: go- with an amazing villain in Brian Dennehy.
0: I was just going to bring that up. And if you watch the movie through. You know, Rambo doesn't really kill anybody in this film. He throws a rock at the helicopter and the one guy falls.
1: He's just vilified for no reason.
0: And all he does is try to escape and survive, and he's not really killing. And then if you find out the backstory about what they really want to do with this character, there would have been no more Rambo movies after this one um, where I don't don't know how a studio would allow that character to commit suicide at the end of the movie there, Chuck. That was a bad idea that, you know, they actually, I believe, filmed um, that never got done. But yeah, just a great performance by and an underrated performance by Richard Crenna, who's basically a TV star who really ended up making a career in the big screen because he, he kept playing uh, this role in, in the first blood movies. Yes, I'm not crazy great. about the other ones after this. I mean,
1: really? I love I, Rambo, too. You know, I love Rambo I mean, they're just too. I like Rambo 3 different also. movies. I, just, I, 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 here's the thing. The last Rambo. Oh, oh, bad. Real bad. Like, I mean, I need a shower. Dude, that movie, I, I'm stunned. Stallone allowed. That script to be yeah, produced. it was bad. It's such a bad. It's so bad. taste. that movie is hor- it's like a it's like a it's like a horrendous, nasty B movie. I will it's say though, nasty, man,
0: I will say the the Rambo he did after he did Rocky Balboa was actually pretty good. Um, when he rebooted Rambo again, yeah, I like it, it. Was actually decent. It was um,
1: hardcore, but I like it. Yeah. but the, um, but the, one, the other ones the are just one.
0: I mean, bodies are just flying all over. He's just killing, killing. I mean, I know I go for talking about First Blood He doesn't kill anybody. And then the next two movies, and, and listen, he doesn't meet anybody had, He doesn't kill. The
1: problem I have with the last one, that scene when, when they, when they, when he cut his face, it's like, yeah. oh, my God. Like, yeah, what he, why is this in this no, movie? No, it's,
0: it's bad. It's you not can't be it,
1: doing that to Rambo.
0: No, it's a bad, bad flick. But First Blood is the fifth best movie of 1982.
1: Very good. My number five was, is is Rocky three. I remember seeing it in a the theater. I
0: multiple, do as well.
1: Multiple times. I mean. Uh, Mr. T just killed it in that movie, and all the sober op- opera elements there. Mickey go uh, passing, and uh
0: I cried in the theaters. The, the, that was the, a tough the, one. The
1: the, the the you know the the montage stuff just completely works. Well, of course uh, you get
0: you get Eye of the Tiger, right? You got Survivor song, which was a huge yeah, number one and, hit,
1: and the the ending with Apollo and, and him and
0: Ding um, Ding, right? Yeah, I
1: mean it's so much. It's, the audience had a blast with that movie. Yeah,
0: it really the, did. And, go and, for it, right? That's where and.
1: and and we're forgetting the introduction of Hulk Hogan. Thunderlips. <laughs> Thunderlips. Uh, thunder and let's be honest, Rocky III made made Hulk Hogan's career.
0: Absolutely. That, and that, actually.
1: That, that that was his launching pad.
0: You could say it might have made Vince McMahon's career as well because the yes, launching of Hulk Hogan. I agree. WWF. And then that's it. And and yeah. the reason, you know, Mr. T played heavy part in the early and, stages and, of that. And
1: all, all the stars aligned.
0: Yep. They all did. And I remember sitting in the theaters, Chuck. And that scene when he's wrestling Thunderlips and Paulie comes out and smashes him with the chair, the freaking crowd went nuts. And then the moron says, "I don't sweat you." And I mean, and, it's and, just and you, so and fun. And think
1: about it. Remember sitting in a movie theater watching that sequence? Yes. Right? And you just said to yourself, "I'm having a blast watching." This. Oh my god! Like, and none so of it really fun. makes that any sense. That sequence is incredible, though. Yeah, it's just an it incredible, so entertaining,
0: incredible movie. Um. Chuck, my number four you brought up earlier, and a lot of it has to do with the practical effects, and it's definitely one of his best movies, and that's John Carpenter's The Thing, a dark, gritty uh, sci-fi thriller about, uh, well, about really a virus going in from person to person and and attacking them from within. Um, It's kind of like, and then there were none. uh, Then there was one, that kind of movie, Ten Little Indians, who's going to be the last person standing? But just the practical effects alone, Chuck, whether it's, you know, uh, the one guy's head falling off and turning into a spider and running across. I mean, that line, the guy says, is you've got to be effing kidding me. I and mean, that is a classic line. Um, and just some but when uh, and, and Richard and Dysart's actors, doing the, the right. The uh, the, a- the paddles,
1: the, actor, the actors that he ensembled in that movie perfect, are all, all good.
0: And then the grounded all with uh, Kurt Russell, who really barely says a lot of lines in this film. He doesn't just feel perfect. like he
1: doesn't feel like an he doesn't feel like a movie star in that movie at all. No.
0: And clearly, Carpenter loved the original James Arnesta thing, but this movie's so much better than the 1950 movie where you actually see the alien and all that and stuff. And it,
1: be- it looks beautiful now.
0: It's a great, great movie. Yeah. And then you got Keith David too, who's really yeah. good at you know at just a weird casting. And the, that and the ending survives. is so.
1: Thought- and the ending is so. Th- listen, the ending is thought provoking. And um, again, they don't make movies like that anymore. No. They won't.
0: No, they and, and literally John Carpenter doesn't make those movies anymore because he just no, doesn't make movies. So, yeah, the thing I love that flick and it's my number four,
1: my my number. My number four is uh is Tootsie.
0: That's my number two, by the way.
1: Yes. Yeah, so my number four is Tootsie. Uh, it's still a, a a blast to watch. One of the one of the most. Again, this is a, another movie. Just you just have a great time watching it. You know, Dustin Hobbins, awesome. Uh, Sidney Lumet, who plays his agent was great in that movie and Sidney Pollack. And Sidney Pollack. Sidney Pollack, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my bad. Sidney Pollack was awesome in that movie. His line readings are really good. And uh yeah. and tomato. Jessica, Jessica Lang is just it's adorable in that movie.
0: Well and then and you, you throw in Charles Derning's got a great performance in it as well. But it's all, let's face it, all the credit, you gotta get Dustin Hoffman. I mean, what movie stars today are like Dustin Hoffman, Chuck? There are none. There is no one that looks like Dustin Hoffman that's a movie star today. I mean maybe Ben Stiller, but still doesn't get the a credit that Dustin Hoffman made some classic, classic movies. And here's another one. And he's very, very good in it. Obviously, he got nominated for an Academy Award. The movie got nominated for Best Picture as well. It's a funny movie, Chuck, and it holds up uh, even today. Uh, it, and, and you're right. I mean, Jessica Lange, we talk about it time in and time out. And Terry Garr is very funny in this movie as well as his first girlfriend. She's very, and of course, the most unbelievable cameo of all time that nobody knew about Bill Murray.
1: Agree. Yeah. And and there's a reason uh, because they don't want people to think, oh, it's a Bill Murray movie. Right. So he he goes uncredited and he's really good in it.
0: (laughs) He's so funny. So the party scene is so funny uh, at the house. I love that movie. It's my number two. Good pick, obviously. My number three you brought up is Fast Times at Richmond High. Chuck, would you say Fast Times at Richmond High is the most paused movie of all time? One of them. (laughs) Um, And it's just look beyond the iconic scene with Phoebe Cates, which is quite funny in and of itself. I know it's lasted for other reasons, but that scene is risky and funny and a good payoff at the end of it. That movie is funny from beginning to end. Cameron Crowe wrote it, obviously. Um, it's got some really good performances from Judge Reinhold and, of course, Jennifer Jason Leigh.
1: And, you know, I remember watching that in the theater back in 82. It, it makes you uncomfortable.
0: It does. There's a um, lot it, of it,
1: it. It makes you uncomfortable. On, and it's doing that on purpose. Yes. Yes, yeah. it's
0: and the, the scene at the ballpark where, where she loses her virginity for the first time This very heavy subject matter. Oh, it's they hard. listen,
1: there was another movie. I don't know what year it came out. Oh, the Last, Last American, American Virgin. Virgin. That was a terrific movie, too. That was right? good. It, it also made you uncomfortable. Also, it did.
0: This movie's uh, better because it's got yeah, a lot. But, of but that was good, too. We've we've gone five minutes in and I haven't even brought up Jeff Spicoli, an iconic character created by an iconic actor.
1: And, and Mr. Han, and Mr. Olsen. Han.
0: If it's your right. time and our, my time, isn't it our time? Um, <laughs> and I don't know. And he writes it up on the board. I don't know. Yeah. Um, just some classic stuff by Ray Walston. And how funny is uh, Forrest Whitaker in this movie when they trash his car and he goes berserk on the football field? and <laughs> It's the big game. I mean, there's so many layers to this that are hysterical, not to mention the naivete and how beautiful Phoebe Cates was. And. You know, she became a star for probably the wrong reasons, Chuck. But for guys my age and your age, I mean, really had to be one of the first crushes in our lifetime.
1: Yeah, I agree. And and listen, she sort of played exact opposite when she did Gremlins, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like girl next door, sweet girl next door, and (laughs) she's (laughs) funny. Gremlins,
0: yeah. Stupid Judge Reinhold in that pirate outfit and in the bathroom. I mean, it's just. I mean, every teenager who ever lived knows that scene yep. and can relate to it.
1: Yeah, I agree. All right.
0: What's your number three?
1: Uh, my number three is Pol- Poltergeist. Uh, it's pretty damn it's good. Still, it still holds up really well. Yep. It's well shot. It's a good script. The casting, it's it's edgy for, for a PG movie. Too. Absolutely. Very edgy for a PG movie. I mean, you still watch it now when you see uh, – uh, Craig T. Nelson and Joe Beth Williams, you know, smoking pot in the bed. Yeah. Marijuana. It's like, really? Like in a Spielberg produced movie?
0: Well, talk about that, too, because you bring up awesome. Spielberg and, you know, Toby Hooper directed it. But the yeah. rumor is. Well, Spielberg
1: that- was. I mean, there's no doubt he was on set all the time.
0: I mean, is it some and of the I'm, scenes? And I'm,
1: and I'm and I'm sure he set up a lot of shots. And I mean, some of the some of the cast says he directed it so
0: you can't tell me, Chuck. The very it end It feels movie, like a Spielberg movie. It does. You can't tell me at the very end of that movie with the theme and the crane shot of the hotel room with the TV. That's Spielberg. Mm. I don't care yeah. what anybody. That is Spielberg. That he said this is the ending. It's going to be. I know. You know. He, he was part of writing it too. So, but that that shot in and of itself. I mean, you talk about iconic scenes: the big hole in the wall, the tree, uh, the guy's face melting in the in the in the uh, mirror. Um, there's some iconic scary stuff in this, Chuck. And then, you know, recently I turned on Poltergeist 3 was on HBO Max. I turned it on and it's utter trash and it's a shame what happened to that little girl um, in real life. But that is know, a
1: cash grab. What, Tom Skerritt, Nancy Scarrett, Allen, right? Myra Flynn Boyle,
0: a, right? It's, it's bad in
1: a luxury apartment building
0: in Chicago. It just doesn't make yeah, any sense. I actually
1: saw that in a theater.
0: Yeah, uh, but two, I'm not a big
1: fan. I'm not a big fan of two.
0: Two, I, I found I found it passable, but. It's just the, the cast all melts. I find it interesting. And two, they don't even bring up the teenage daughter that they had, um, yeah, so, you know, and who, was- who died tragically as well, who's an iconic, you know, there, a lot of people thought there was a curse to Poltergeist. I know. They, I, remember,
1: remember, I think, like on e-channel e behind the scenes, yeah. Yeah. Things, the curse of Poltergeist. Yeah. I remember that.
0: Chuck, uh, my number two is Tootsie. Uh, I agree with you for all the right notes. Um, very funny movie. There's no doubt about it. Um, my number one has got to be one of your top two. Um, so go ahead. What's your number two?
1: My number two is Night Shift. And, uh, <laughs> and I got to tell you, they, they don't make movies like this anymore. It wasn't a big budget film. It was Ron Howard's second directorial effort. He cast his buddy, Henry Winkler, against type, It's exact opposite of Fonzie. Newcomer Michael Keaton steals the show. Billy Blaudowski. I know like he was so manic in that movie during the dailies as the studio was nervous that if, you know, they 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 wanted him fired. Yeah. Uh, and, and and it just winds up to be a perfect chemistry. And don't forget Shelley Long, how good she is. She's
0: very good in it. Yeah, She's really good
1: in that. movie. Also, don't
0: forget, you know, Brian Grazer, they produced this together, really launched the career of Ron and, Howard. And it has
1: good music. It has good music. It's really in good it. music. Right. Um, it, it has that end, end credit song, uh, which they don't use in a lot of movies anymore.
0: And, and look closely. You'll find Kevin Coster's in this movie, yes, too. And, you have to and watch a, real close and a
1: morgue party scene. And, and uh, it's, it's, it has edge.
0: Yeah. I just uh, to me, the one line that, you know, Michael Keaton playing on the tape recorder. This is Chuck telling Bill to shut yeah. up I yeah. mean, over and over and over again. Yeah. It really is just as like, here's Michael. Keaton. I mean, listen,
1: it, here's, the, here's the deal. It's, a, it's if for people who are not familiar with the property, It's about two guys who are working at a morgue overnight who get involved and start running a prostitution ring. They don't know what they're doing, but they're decent people. And <laughs> it's a very funny movie.
0: Uh, it's funny, too. And my,
1: Michael Keaton, you could argue Michael Keaton has never been better comedically than in Night Shift. You could argue that.
0: Yeah. Uh, like I said, it you, it starts Michael Keaton and Ron Howard to just different careers um, from this point yeah. on. Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and weirdly, Henry Winkler would continue to be the Fonz after this. And really not till recently started doing, you know, things where you don't think of him as the Fonz. Yeah, you know? he,
1: well, he's been in a ton of uh, like anything Kevin James pops up in. Right.
0: Uh, Rinkler, uh, 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 Adam Sandler really up, used him a lot, Adam too. Sam- yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And, he, and he, he's always playing sort of the same role, but he does it very well.
0: An interesting part of this, if you listen to the end credits of this song, you might hear, wait a minute, that's what friends are for. Dionne Warwick and that right. big hit with Elton John, big number one song. Well, actually, that song is from this movie and Rod Stewart did it. Which is a big trivia question that a not a lot of people oh, okay. don't know. Um, you talk, you bring up the good movie in it, and obviously, I think, we know, I
1: think I think we know our number one.
0: And it's not Gandhi, which won Best Picture that year. Although it's a good movie, it's fine. Gandhi's a fun, fun movie, but the best movie of 1982 could be the best movie of the 80s, and that's Steven Spielberg's ET. Chuck, And It's just a one once of a once in a lifetime experience in a movie theater as a young boy watch who's I basically the same age as Elliot in this film and just the imagination of one director doing, you know, he basically wanted to make another movie like Close Encounters, but really make it more accessible to a mass audience. And boy, oh boy, did he ever do it?
1: I'll give you, I'll tell you example. Uh, It's got to be about six years ago when my daughter or five, when my daughter was about 10 or 11 Mm -hmm. birthday party at the theater, right?
0: I was so there by show. the way people and, and Annabella's first real movie in the movie theater right. I was there.
1: Yeah, so the way people react to that resurrection scene especially if you get kids. I mean it's so exciting, Mike. It's when EG unbelievable. comes back, comes back to it's so awesome. Like it's one of the great it's one of the great emotionally stirring sequences ever put into a movie. Like you here's the thing about that movie too, which again generationally if if this came out now the movie slow burn.
0: Yes, it for, is for the first yeah, half. Sure is right,
1: and then it starts to really get in your. It, it gets in every pore of your body, right, and then you're all in, and you're,
0: you're all, all in because and a lot and of it's.
1: it's because, I mean, because because you care, yeah, about ET and Elliot
0: right? and I mean, Elliot you, more you, importantly, you, you, yeah, you
1: yeah. care about those characters, right, and,
0: and you watch you a child and and you know you watch a kid grow up from a tag along to lead the gang at the end to save the I mean, the image, the, the, the his, what, evolution of the characters is just remarkable.
1: What's his name? Who plays a scientist? Uh,
0: Peter Coyote.
1: He's good in that movie. He is. And, uh, and, D, Wall- and D. Wallace is a really hip mom.
0: And right? and and, uh, and Drew Barrymore hysterical as a young little girl. I think
1: she's smoking pot in that movie, too. Right. It would so. uh maybe,
0: maybe. Right? Yeah. And, you know, and his friends, uh, even his uh, his brother, who really didn't amount to much but outside that of that movie. movie. Oh, he's, he's very good, in, good in, in it. Oh, he's very good. Uh, and then, of course, the iconic score by John Williams. Where I Look, heard- let me
1: ask, let me ask you a question. We all know the the Wizard of Oz is absolutely generationally iconic. Yeah, is E. T. in the same stature and should be, but is it? Yes, or I no? think
0: it is. I really do. I really but believe I mean, that it is. I think you, especially when you throw on the music by John, Williams. you have to
1: believe every kid who's eight, nine, ten discovers E.T., no?
0: Yes. Yes, okay. absolutely. No matter what generation. And, okay. and and it lives on forever. You know, and Henry Thomas, it I mean, it was just a, an explosion of talent. Uh, I mean, I cried so much in this movie when I was a little kid, Chuck. It, you know, you
1: ever see on YouTube when Henry uh, Thomas is doing the screen reading and then Spielberg says, he cries and Spielberg says, yeah. okay, that was good. Not bad. By the way, you got the pot. Oh, it's it's awesome! Yeah, watch yeah, that on you for people. Watch that on you. YouTube's really cool for that stuff.
0: And also watch on YouTube the cameo by Harrison Ford that got shot and was never in the film right. as he, the, the school, as he the, was
1: going to play a school teacher, right? Yeah, he was
0: going to be the principal of the school after he lets the frogs. And, loose. and
1: here's another trivia question: the voice of ET
0: was Deborah Winger, right? For right. the longest Deborah time, Wing, that, Deborah
1: Winger, right?
0: Um, yeah, I, I heard that was disputed though. That that's not actually true. Okay, I heard that that's was a, what I heard. Yeah, if that's
1: a, if that's a uh, you know, a red herring, but that's what I always
0: heard. And obviously that was written by his first wife, Melissa Matheson, right? Yes. Steven Spielberg. And, uh, it, it's no, just, that was
1: Harrison Ford's wife,
0: uh, Harrison Ford's first wife, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's just a, a great, great, unbelievable film, Chuck. And often rumored, I mean, you know, in the whole decade of the eighties, you always heard, is he going to make another one? Would he make a sequel? He never went back to that. Well, and I think that's part of the reason why it becomes an iconic movie in and of itself. So he never, cashed in on what was the let's face it this was the biggest movie of all time until Titanic this was it this was the number one movie blockbuster of all time until Titanic hit. And,
1: and, and let's just talk about when they re-released it with Spielberg with the gun you know uh, took, yeah, out he the took gun. all the guns out and, and yeah then he, and then he said then he realized ah, you know there's no reason for this this, this is, is silly
0: now why, why screw with a classic? It's just stupid. It is. Um, I and mean, they, a-
1: they did add another scene where he's in the bathtub, though. <laughs> falls right. into the water, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. All right, Chuck, uh, let's go through our list one more time before we sign off. Uh, you're 10 through one.
1: Uh, number 10, Ch- Silent Rage, Chuck Norris. Number nine, the thing. Number eight, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Number four, uh, seven, 48 Hours. Number six, an officer. And a gentleman with Richard Gear, number five, Rocky Three, number four, Tootsie, number th- uh, three, uh, Poltergeist, number two, Night Shift, and number one, Steven Spielberg's Immortal Classic, uh, ET. Uh,
0: my 10 through one is Rocky Three, number 10, Night Shift, nine, The Verdict, number eight, number seven, Poltergeist, number six, 48 Hours, number five, First Blood, number four, The Thing, number three, Fast Times at Richmond High, number two, Tootsie, and number one, ET. You know, it's interesting. You my know, number we one is.
1: We always talk about 84 being the best year in pop culture. This is, this is right there.
0: Pretty good. And my that's one and two good. were the two biggest grocers of the year. Although E.T. made $360 million, Tootsie made $170, Chuck. Right. So if that's any indication on how big the year was. And don't forget, Rafa Khan came out, uh, you know, yeah. Star Trek Two.
1: And, and here, and it's, and it's a very good movie. It's so many good movies we could have put on a top 15. Here's Absolutely.
0: A when, Reds. You look
1: at, when you look at the Divergency of these movies right And you think about What's being produced now I'm, I, We lived in better times for movie making No?
0: Yeah no doubt about it Come on no, we did No doubt about it Chuck uh, it, It's really quite remarkable And uh, you know we, when we Pontificate often is like Will we ever get back there again It's going to be hard to get back into maybe, that theater
1: There is a library of hundreds And hundreds of great movies still
0: Yep, there is. There's, and that could be rediscovered year after year after year. And, no and doubt about no it.
1: There's no reason that they can't be.
0: Yep. All right, Chuck, we'll do this all over again next week, my friend.
1: All right, Mike, uh, always a pleasure to the audience. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts.